1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, to the Winners Coming podcast. This is Take the Black, and I'm your host Razor, and I'm here with Corey Thung and that's it. Boom, boom. That's all you get. Listen, you pay for premium service, you're getting premium service. We've trimmed the fat, and now it's just me and Corey Thun.
0: Uh, we but, uh, cut that cut that fat right off this this prime steak. <laughs> Just delicious
1: prime steak. Um, let's oh, see. Oh, and now uh, Dan
0: is saying he's got Skype to work. Should we try to add him? Oh, obviously. Let's there he is. There it is. Fuck, how'd that happen? <laughs> hey, everybody.
1: We're hey, recording.
0: We called you fat on a steak, but now that you're here, we take it back.
1: We take it back. Fat it's just
0: on a steak because we trimmed yeah. the fat. It was just me and David. <laughs> okay. Of course, I my weight. Um,
2: yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I turn it on and off the computer and Skype and the second time it took
0: well we're <laughs> oh, glad it took
2: are we Maybe. recording right now or just yeah, talking yeah, yeah
0: yeah we're on the podcast so
2: that's hi dan pretty, that's fun hello hey, everybody <laughs> it's me it's dan Listen,
0: so we're we're not trimming the fat guys no the fat the fat actually is just it's, smith it's, it's that's the best it.
1: part anyway so
0: and and honestly calling him fat is is not accurate because you can use fat to render down other things for cooking. He's more of a gristle type situation. He's meat glue. He's meat glue in this McNugget <laughs> combo pack. Corey Smith is
1: meat ate, glue.
2: I deserve it because I'm late, but I feel very attacked by all the fat comments. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you it's and okay. H- Henry Cable.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it see it's it's comical because I'm actually the hefty one here. Although Smith's starting to get that beer belly, so we should probably start. Do you we see should... my picture? I've got the chipmunk cheeks, man. You've got a round face. It's I like do, okay. it's it's a round like you look like one of the little bits guys from Rick and Morty, <laughs> but with a normal body.
1: <laughs> you know, I did I did the uh, the the WhatsApp or not WhatsApp the one where it ages you up the, the old person up, and it did it and it, I in an identical match for my mom so there you go <laughs> uh, it's really weird and i don't i don't know what i'm feeling about it Qu- kind of some norman some norman face, like, norman
0: face vibes <laughs> i don't know man uh, so anyway, uh, Watchmen's a show that's on tv right right
1: absolutely talk Watchmen because we've missed two episodes talking about it uh, because we're doing the every every other week thing, and Corey Thone hasn't watched The Mandalorian, so I didn't really have anybody to talk about Baby Yoda with. And there's your first it's Baby Yoda rep.
0: Plus, tonight. sorry.
2: <sighs> oh, plus I think you should get it. I'm The Mandalorian. I, I I am not a giant Star Wars fan. Never have been. Just I mean, I, I like it. I've seen the movies and everything. I just I I never was passionate about it. I think. Two episodes in, The Mandalorian is the most fun I have ever had watching anything involving Star Wars. So I've heard.
1: It really is great.
2: It's just straightforward and fun. It's also a great tonic to like these... You know, like, I enjoy Watchmen. Watchmen's fun. It's complex. It's naughty. Game of Thrones had all these uh, threads. His dark materials It's a lot of different threads going on. I just love so much that it's just a dude going on a 35-minute adventure. A lot of it is silent. It's very visual. It's great, great sound design, by the way. That's my my favorite thing about it. I love the simplicity of it and that it's confident enough to be simplistic and just straightforward. So I'm really liking it. I think Disney is kind of, again, a little ahead of the curve now because everyone's trying to do this big complex thing. And they're like, what if we just make it like a single dude just the entire time?
0: I and think so far
2: it's really working.
0: I think that's John Favreau. I think I truly it think is. that, like yep. his, because if you go back and watch his contributions to the MCU as a director, like yeah. the first Iron Man is very straightforward and and coherent and great. And then you look at his work outside of Disney, look like Chef, right? Like which is just such <laughs> a wonderful movie, and it's so straightforward. It's an easy narrative to follow, and and the the artwork, it's like. I remember because I've I've watched and seen Kevin Smith, you know, talk about making movies. And while obviously he hasn't had a great track record lately making coherent <laughs> movies, when he was younger and he was like making passion projects and stuff. Like if you go watch even like a even a movie that feels convoluted, like Dogma, is pretty straightforward. it's, it's Dog- all so cool. very it's all very right there on the surface. Sure. And and We're where he where he thrived is interpersonal relationship stuff and where Favreau thrives I think is is within single character like character studies like like Tony Stark or the Mandalorian and stuff like that like like I'm gonna follow this character it's gonna be a world around him that we can build and play with but this character is the narrative so I'm not surprised to hear that it is straightforward and that that works really well and feels really fresh compared to like Dan said with the sprawling MCU
2: it does yeah. – it, 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 it's so weird that it feels fresh because it's, it's so – because we're so used to, yeah, like I said, sprawl and complexity. That just something as simple as just like a pretty straightforward normal story does feel refreshing to me. Those people are definitely like it.
1: And it's such a palate cleanser to watch on Friday. Yeah. And then you get – and then you go into like Sunday and Monday, especially Monday with His Dark Materials, and you're like, oh my god, I can't breathe. I'm drowning in quicksand right now. So, yeah, it's absolutely Switch. nice. And plus, uh, you and I were talking about this, Dan. We, we can watch it on lunch, like 30 minutes, and it's done. Yeah, so it's that's nice. really nice.
2: Oh, my God. I mean, this might be like a, a TV person who watches too much of it thing. Just the, the fact that they're kind of short, I think is the best thing in the entire world. <laughs> I don't have to, like, set up an hour and a half to devote to it. It's just I'm in, I'm out. So far, I'm really liking it.
1: You watch, I bet, streaming. Uh, uh, it's got to trend last, back to that. E- well and yeah, you think there's that one uh, service that's coming out, I guess, at the beginning of next year, Quibbly? Kidly something like that. <laughs>
0: right, GB, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. It's like ten minute episodes, and they've got Sophie Turner and and all these other people starring in shows, ten minutes an episode, man. So yeah, maybe the day of the uh, convoluted show is starting to uh, see its end because I mean, honestly, think about this: Apple TV Plus, right? They launched. <laughs> they launched with C, which was Game of Thrones type budget. They launched with um, his the morning show and a couple other uh, shows like genre, and they all bombed. Basically, they got didn't get great reviews. And I've been watching C, C and I have didn't like it at first. But the the last episode kind of got good. But it took six episodes to get good, and you don't <laughs> you don't have that luxury in streaming no. anymore not at all
2: especially now when there's so much to watch yeah if it takes six episodes you're out by then <laughs> you're you're pretty That's much it. done
1: i mean it wouldn't have made isis a
2: spreadsheet it would not it would have failed her test Three which episodes. you know
0: i think there is a detriment to that because there's there are some shows that i think improve steadily throughout which is is you know a, a good sign like i t- for example i tell people and like, oh, you've never seen Parks and Rec. No, I've never seen it. Oh, you should watch it. Start with season two. Uh, just skip season one. They didn't I'm know what they there. were doing with the characters. Or if it's The Wire, it's like, listen, you're going to want to bail around episode four when you're like, I can't watch another hour of people talking in a circle. It's like, trust me, episode six or seven, when they find, you know, I'll just say, when, when, they, when they find a body that's very important, you're going to realize how this is all coming together and then you're going to be hooked. And, and don't
1: fail on season two. Watch it through all the way. Yeah.
0: Season two is one of those things that you feel like it wasn't as good the first watch through and then you realize just how brilliant it was on your second. Yeah, right. Absolutely.
2: I mean, I will say, though, in in terms of that um, concern, it seems like these streaming services are giving all their shows second so, Like, see, got a season two renewal.
3: Yeah, the Lord I of saw the that. Yeah.
2: And the Wheel of Time and the Witcher all got season two renewals and they're not even out yet.
0: Which his Dark Materials is one I feel like they're going to – it's almost like you have to give that a second season. I haven't watched it yet. I know both you guys have told me that it's it's limping out the gate to an extent, but both of you have also said that the material is there. They're just – they don't have the – they don't have the show, and you guys can maybe expand on this because you're watching it, but I've, I saw someone, it might have been Andy, it might have been Dan, I can't remember, who said that, like, it seems like a show that is lesser than the sum of its parts, and they haven't found their voice yet. It's probably Andy. and that I sounds
2: about... Corrected. Do you want to talk about that, David, at all? Do, 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 you, do you want to discuss yeah. at all really quick? Well,
1: I, absolutely, let's talk about that. Like, I think the problem is, and I talked to Dan about this earlier, I think, maybe even today, is... Um, and it makes me angry because I loved her and Logan, but Daphne King is not pulling her weight on the show. She's not that great. In fact, uh, I, I noticed the strongest episode of the season was on Monday, and still she screamed all her lines. It was, um, is it Ruth Wilson that plays Coulter? Yeah. Ruth Wilson, she it carried really it. Does. Yeah. And, I mean, even the demons. The demons carried the episode, but Daphne King couldn't, and it was pretty sad and pretty telling that either, because she was so good and logan and she's she's got potential to be good in this show but i don't know man like when we watched okay when i watched the um golden compass movie Uh the, the girl who played lyra in that movie was the the perfect amount of precocious right daphne king seems like this um petulant child who wants to scream all her lines and get angry at everybody and it's hard to connect with a character like that
2: yeah, she hasn't really found her center, which again, you're right, it it, it it is kind of surprising considering how good she's been elsewhere, and the cast around her is terrific, like everyone's really, really good, you got James Cosmo in there, you got the woman who plays Ma is really good in that last episode, I also think they're trying to Game of Thrones eyes it, like this is a show <laughs> that I think could be just fine if it was like 40 minutes and you just follow Lyra, but every episode is like over an hour. And they're doing things, and they're like following characters that aren't in, that you don't follow in the books, because they're getting this like sprawl effect that Game of Thrones had, but that the books do not have at all. And right. in that second episode, they revealed like this giant twist from the books really early, and which struck me as really, really wrong-headed of them, because it robs the uh, robs it of the power that it should have later. Um. So, yeah, I, I'm just I'm perplexed by the decisions they're making. It is television, and they are making a season two. I do think, you know, they can learn from their mistakes and go better, and Lyra can, can improve. But, yeah, it, it's just – I was hoping that would be a slam dunk out of the gate, and uh, it's not.
0: Well, it was a couple wasn't, things – sorry, let me just say a couple things based off what you and Dan just said. Mm-hmm. Daphne King uh, was great in Logan. She didn't talk.
2: Guys. That's
0: very true. Um, Ooh, she she was point. supposed to look mad the whole time, and then have and then she, her and her stunt team did a great job, obviously with that. But like she really didn't talk much. And the second thing is, uh, I'm not a Harry Potter guy, but I've seen three and a half of those movies, and the strength in the beginning, when you had these young kids, was the cast that they put around them. Mm-hmm. to To build, and they had directors like Chris Columbus and, uh, uh, oh god, the guy directed the third one, The Children of Men, and all those movies of I love. yeah, they had Quran to like to build the universe around. Like, to there's only so much you can expect from a kid as an actor. It's very rare to get a you know a paper moon out of a kid, right? right. So. You, uh, which I think was the right movie, right? I've, I've had a few drinks, but that's the movie with uh, Tatum O'Neill and her dad reaching all kinds of yeah, depth. Yeah, so I think you're right. so anyway, I it's would pretty. It's, that
2: Maisie Williams.
0: Yeah, sure. It's it's rare to get a Maisie Williams out of anything. I mean, look right. at the other kids. Look at Brand. Go back and watch season one and look at Brand and Sansa acting and be like, oh shit! And then like they learned as they went. Maisie was a natural, and um, you know, I think with Daphne. You know, she can do the non-verbal stuff and they're probably building the I mean that cast around her, like you said, Dan, is exquisite. It's and, just terrific. And if if they can lean but you have to have the right director too to like know how to frame that scene to where you don't lean on the kid too much. And it sounds like they're not doing that, which is a shame. Cause I think she yeah. is talented. She is a kid though, so
2: Yeah. And I mean I'm not done. I I'm not out that the last episode was better than the first two, I thought. Uh so closer to the books. I thought they were more digging into the meat of the material from the books, which again is pretty robust. So I, I'm still on board. I, I just wanted it to be kind of a smash from the start, and it just wasn't that. But now that I'm readjusting my expectations, lowering them a bit, <laughs> I can have some fun.
1: That is so true. It is absolutely spot on. Um Yeah, so we don't have to talk uh, in depth about Mandalorian because Corey Thun, I really want you to watch it. I mean, obviously, you know the basic things that happened. Yeah. Everybody, everybody there's, knows about. Baby there's Yoda. a
0: star and there's a war
1: about it. It's fine. <laughs> I get it. It's a Star war. um, <laughs> but they I don't, don't, go, to a, they don't go to
0: a single star. Not one star. <laughs> I will say this:
1: <laughs> out of out of all the things that Pedro Pascal has done, Game of Thrones, Sicario, he this right here is absolutely his best. To me, it's some of his best work, and he's not—he's barely utter, uttering a word each episode. Wait,
2: do you even know that he's in there? I've wondered that. You know. Like, <laughs> can they just stick somebody else in there and have him do the voiceover? Like, yeah. Like,
0: yeah, Hugo Save weaving it. with V for Vendetta—it's like—is that actually Hugo weaving, or did you get a stunt <laughs> guy do that you and not? you just ducked yeah. it?
1: <laughs> That's exactly what you feel like. I mean, the moments that he really shines in. Is the silent moments, like when he cocks his head to the side when somebody says something to him or when he points a gun, like when he grabs for his, his, his gun and he's like, you know, you know, capping his fingers on the trigger or whatever. That's the kind of stuff he's doing really well, the nuances, the subtle nuances. And, I mean, for me, the, one of my favorite parts of the past episode, episode two, was when he climbs all the way up to the top of the sand crawler and gets shocked and falls off. I mean, come on, man. You literally could have – and it probably was a stunt double. They fill off
2: fill of course, up a G.I.S.A. Um, and again, and that bit, I just love that like th- there was no talking for like 15 minutes, but it's not a gimmick. It's just this guy is alone out here. You see what he sees. He sees them like, you know, taking his parts, not minor spoiler, and he goes after them. And you you get all the information you need to understand what he wants, why he's going to get it. And then you're just with him like there's no labored setup. It's just all there for you, very clearly understood visually. I think they're doing a really good job of just, like, actually honoring the whole, like, it's a Western space thing, which usually is like a stupid thing you say in a pitch meeting. But it just kind of feels more natural here, like it actually is, and I can just kind of sit down and enjoy it. So, yeah, I I I am not making it up when I say this might be my favorite Star Wars thing that I have yet seen
1: it is that great. When somebody says uh, Western in space, I don't know why but my mind always goes to that damn Cowboys and Aliens movie with uh, Harrison Ford in it. <laughs> Let's never talk
0: about that again. I love okay? that movie. I've, what? Are oh, you gotta it. be kidding me? I love I love a movie that's like, look, it's we're gonna call it Cowboys and Aliens. Suck a dick. Like this is what we're making. Yeah, and it's like orange, that's. Man. That's what we're doing. We're making cowboys and aliens. What do you want? Like, I can't imagine someone that went to that movie and was like, you know, I was expecting it to have more of a symbolic, you know, like a (laughs) deep metaphor. No, it's fucking cowboys shooting at aliens. I am so here for that. And you know what they gave me? Cowboys and aliens. And, you know, I really can't be mad at them about it.
1: You know what? That is some deep insight from Corey Thung, ladies and gentlemen. And you don't get that anywhere else. So uh, for pennies a day. You can keep Corey Thone happy and on this podcast. All right, let's talk about hey, Watchmen. money! <laughs> let's <laughs> talk about Watchmen. Um, so, hold on a second. I think we've got a special caller into the podcast. Let, it let better me be see. Jesus
0: Christ in that line.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. Because he could never show up on time. I mean, it's eight. What is it? 30 minutes into the podcast, we' still not Well, answering. yeah,
0: 30 minutes in, we're, everybody was 10 minutes late anyway. So, Well, he's done uh, uh, answering this one,
1: so he can either join.
0: That's a good podcast. Look, we're later. dialing. He, We're dialing. He can jump in whenever. Let's talk about the Watchmen shit. I brought that up like yeah, an hour I ago. I tell you what, man, why don't you start us <laughs> off? You seem anxious enough to talk about it. Why don't you start Look, us off? We got the squid. That's the squid we were all looking for. Ah, Amen. Amen. That's, that's the Zack Snyder movie. And again, I am someone who will defend... The Zack Snyder change at the end because, especially, you know, we were still within the same decade of 9/11 and stuff. Like, I really kind of understood why they changed it the way they did. But man, that that oh, that squid looked exactly like what I would want the squid to look like. The uh, the Wayne stuff where he's on a I guess a mission trip. We're going to call it uh, to Hoboken and everything. That was that was so well done. That's terrific. It was just such a great this show within five episodes has has built a a world that we live in that is so layered and so great i'm so amazed i i had decently high expectations i was like you're gonna make a show out of Watchmen. it better be pretty good and i am (laughs) blown away by how much potential there is within this universe well done so far five episodes in and you got me hooked you got my wife hooked we are on board so let's get weird let's put some puppies in a microwave
3: (laughs) let's get weird
0: oh my god
1: how like dan i know you you as a dog lover had to cringe and you knew that was gonna happen right you knew i I I
2: had no idea although apparently there's like some article today i read that like apparently lindelof hates dogs and like dogs get hurt in all of his shows i'm what what a dick but anyway, uh, yeah, the dog thing was nasty. But yeah, I, I agree with you, Corey, although when you say that, like, it's built a world, I think m- one of the things that's impressed me about the show is that, I mean, obviously it's done a great job of depicting this world. It was Alan Moore's world, but I'm, I'm impressed that it was confident enough to lean into the incredible weirdness of it. Like, I don't mind that they didn't use the squid in the this time, mean, like, whatever, fine. I did love that it was there. And I love that they're leaning into what I think Zack Snyder really fucked up, which was that the heroes in this version of Watchmen are like they're not cool. Like, uh, like Looking Glass is this apocalypse fearing bunker dwelling bean eating, <laughs> you know bad relationship having screw-up,
1: who's just he wears, terrible he, at this. He literally wears tinfoil hats everywhere he goes. He
2: literally wears tinfoil hats. And that was what the original and, you know, and, and then Laurie Blake and, and, oh, um, has all these hang-ups. And Sister Knight, like, had to put on her mask to interrogate the guy even though he already seen her face. She she, she, she just likes it. to make makes her feel comfortable. But I, I like that they're digging into that these people having, like, horrible hang-ups, which was what the comic was like. Like, Rorschach is a screaming street person and Night Owl can't get it up unless he has a costume on and uh, is a megalomaniac but then the Zack Snyder movie it framed him like they were cool badasses in the rain so I, I think this is a lot more faithful and just again leaning into the really weird gross messed up naked in a mirror house clown while the squid descends and psychic blasts all people you know and love to death aspects of the show and, or, or the world so I think that's part of the reason why it's been so successful so quickly because it's just – it's it's not afraid to go there, man. It just
0: goes there.
1: That's what's so good about that show. Um, but Let let's
0: me say ta- – I, I want to expand on some dance set because I have an example, and I want to promote something called the Set It Straight podcast, which – Uh, you can get on Spotify and everywhere else. It is a uh, musical uh, deep dive podcast. And on the most recent episode, they did a deep dive into the song Wagon Wheel, which you might know. Uh, Old Crow Medicine Show had a hit with it, and then Darius Rucker covered it and had a mega hit with it. And uh, Mm -hmm. they go into the history of it, and they find out that the that even though Bob Dylan is credited with writing the chorus on his bootleg, like leak tape from the Pat Gary, Billy, the kids soundtrack, he actually credits, uh, ja- like, like, like a uh, blues musicians from Memphis and Chicago, going back to the 1920s. And they do a deep dive into like that, that idea of like sharing music and stuff. And the way it led to this Darius Rucker country hit <laughs> from, from 1920 Chicago to Darius Rucker in, in 2012 or whatever <laughs> it was. But, um, they talk about the the guy that finished the song, Catch, who is the lead singer from Okro Medicine Show. They were like, a 17-year-old kid had the balls to take an unfinished Bob Dylan song and finish it and then record it. (laughs) And it (laughs) takes some serious nuts to take someone as revered as Bob Dylan and take their work and expand on it. And I gotta say, Alan Moore is a prick. And to take... To take his work, which is even with him being a prick, is still widely revered as almost untouchable and not aging, like just perfect, right? Like to take Alan Moore's work with Watchmen and to expand upon it and just be like, What if what if I just like wrote a new universe around this and to have it work so the balls on Lindelof to write this are huge because the the margin of error is slim. So the people were already skeptical because of the Snyder movie. So I, I got to say, I've just been really impressed. Again, I want to say with the way this show is being made because it's very mindful and of the comics and while still paving its own path with with like Sister Night and stuff. I'm just so impressed. It's I I'm so blown away by how good the show has been in five episodes.
2: Yeah. I, I agree with you, and, and, and uh, about Alan Moore being, you know, an iconic prick. Cross- yeah. prick, yeah, I mean, so is Lindelof, kind of, like, some of the things that he said leading up to it, like, well, Alan Moore, you know, something like this, I'm paraphrasing, it, like, Alan Moore <laughs> would just do whatever the fuck he wants without any telling people and telling me he shouldn't do it anyway, that's what I'm doing, I'm just channeling Alan Moore, like, and if this show wasn't as good as it was, he would come off like, a complete idiot to say that.
1: Oh my god, um, so much. Maybe
2: it'll still crash, but he can say that because he's getting away with it so far. I will say I thought the fourth episode was like a little, you know, kind of set-up heavy with uh, a lot of Lady True looking serene in a beautiful garden. Oh like my god. More, I think it's more recent one more, but you know, it's a rich tapestry. You gotta do it all.
1: Let's talk about episode four. So, um, anybody else think that she's Dr. Manhattan? I'm just saying, she's giving off major Dr. Manhattan vibes to me.
2: I'm going to say no.
1: Well, like, okay, so here's what she's got going for right? So Lady True is like a trillionaire. She somehow has seen the future, which they kind of touched on in episode 5, um, with Adrian Vite's videotaped message um, to for Senator Keane or whatever. And then you've got um, – and then she's building that uh, penis-shaped tower, the Millennium Clock, right? So, um, she's got a lot of. I don't know. I, I want to know what, she, what what's up with her, and obviously the fact that she, uh, the True Enterprises acquired Vite Enterprises after he was presumed dead. Uh-huh. So, um, I don't know. I, I feel like she's got a lot of connection to the story that we just don't know yet. And I was trying to think of something off the wall when I thought about it, and I was like, okay, well, we know that Dr. Manhattan can split his, like, per, his, his. I don't know. He can make different copies of himself. So, I don't know.
2: Now that we have it confirmed that Adrian Veidt, Ozymandias' little interludes are happening, like, years apart, that whole birthday cake thing, it, it, it was supposed to be, okay, so it's happening, like, over – Corey Smith was right. Congrats, Corey, if you can hear me. <laughs> Uh,
0: cut yeah, cut that out, David. Don't leave that in. <laughs> I'm
2: definitely editing that out. I'm as surprised as anybody, but look, so, 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 so yeah, he was right. If that's happening years and years apart, I wonder now if the thing that fell on the land she got was Adrian Veidt coming back to Earth, and she, you know, obviously hero worships him or something, and she somehow knew it was going to land there because he's a genius and coordinator or something, and that the timelines are a little bit wonked out that way, That we're, that we're seeing his past still. We, I mean, we knew we were saying that that what he was happening wasn't concurrent with the rest of the stuff. Right. So that's gonna be my theory, not that she's I, Dr. patent.
0: My little theory is that is that Vi created her, that she's like basically part yeah. of him, is genetically similar to him, but he, you know, obviously made her look different and gave her a backstory, and that he and because that, that's why because it's pretty obvious that her quote unquote daughter. It's not a real daughter.
1: We all know she's a clone.
0: That's a clone or whatever. So I think that, you know, uh, Vite either created her or or used her as a proxy or whatever to manage his empire. Because there's no way, no fucking way that Vite Industries just got bought out unless he just was like, I'm done with it. I want to do something else, which I don't think he would do. So, you know, there's no way that she was smart enough to maneuver around him. So there's something... Cause he, I mean, he set up a presidential election seven years in advance.
2: <laughs> he did right, for Robert
0: right. Redford. For Robert Redford. So you know, that's just uh, this is how it goes. So like, he, it's not that, you know. I'm just saying that he's the smartest person in the world, and and to Doctor Manhattan, he's still just an ant. Good.
2: Chance. He's Look, having it. so much fun. Cool. Irons, <laughs> I'm, I'm really watch. I'm I'm loving him. Uh, I'm loving to watch him scream at the satellite with his arms raised like a crazy person (laughs) and a stomp on frozen things. He's having a blast doing this and uh, yeah, it's good. I'm impressed that they've made that part compelling. Like, you know, it it, it could have been just felt like extraneous and weird seeing a older country gentleman just doing random shit. God knows where, but he's managed to make it a pretty compelling for me. And now that we're connecting it back, and he has a video message he recorded however many years in the past, even more so. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I got that? a little lag going on. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. I messed it up. Okay, still. I'll leave this in anyway, because that's what you get for this podcast, your time and your efforts. Anyway, um, so I'm really I'm really kind of into, I don't know, this whole, like him doing the Watchmakers play, like or the Clockmaker the play where they mm-hmm. they came up with Doctor Manhattan. My thing is this: how sure or how confident are we that we're actually gonna get Doctor Manhattan in this show? Like, hundred percent, hundred percent. Okay. I mean, I I thought that we might, and it seems to be leaning that way. Um, and Reddit's got theories on who might be playing Doctor Manhattan. Some actor I don't even know, but I mean, they they have their own theories trying to use, like, deep-dive facial recognition from the trailers. But uh, that's the Reddit for you. But I really like Jeremy Irons, um, too, what he's doing with this character, Dan, because he's giving off, to me, major um, Anthony Hopkins in Westworld as Dr. Ford vibes. Like, he's this yeah, kooky, yeah, kooky, mad scientist guy making his own clones and burning them into existence. So, uh, It's that's a great shit.
2: second act for all these uh, great actors of yesteryear.
1: From across the pond. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so let's talk. I'm like, so we've already talked about uh, little fear of lightning, in the opening with Wade. I really, I really enjoyed the fact that this is basically an origin story for Wade. Um, but <laughs> before we get into this, I did have one caveat from episode four. Do we think that Agent PD is a slippery lube guy? Anybody?
0: The, the other FBI agent.
1: Yeah, Agent yeah, Peety.
0: That's that. Yeah, that's who I think it is. <laughs> that, um, yeah, that makes sense. That, that, that checks out.
1: He's he's a he's a vigilante fanboy, and he's skinny. <laughs> I mean,
0: and his I, power I, his power is being lubed up. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can't catch me. I've got lube on me. Um, but that uh, a, yeah, like, more importantly, brain.
0: he was spying on Angela. So he was probably spying for Blake and. <laughs>
1: Well, think, speaking of Angela, so um, a good callback to the comic was nostalgia—the pills that her grandfather gave her—and in the comics, that's something like a, a makeup line that's owned by Adrian Veidt. Um, Do we think what kind of memories is she in for? Because I read like the FDA warnings, like they, the HBO, the Pedia, P- uh, had all these d- different FDA warnings, and taking one can fuck you up. She she like took a whole bottle.
0: So, um... The next episode's gonna be trippy as shit, so... It's yeah. gonna be,
1: like, like unicorns and rainbows and clouds flying by and, like, all of, all of her friends and family <laughs> talking to her when they're not in a uh, cell with her. There's gonna be all kinds of crazy stuff. But, and I've heard from people who've seen the episode when they did their review of Watchmen that this episode six coming up is going to be, like, a, a trip. And it's supposed yeah. to be... The, Pivot for the season, I guess. I don't this know. This is the one
2: that I heard from, from people too. And when they're talking about it, like, oh, you got to get to episode six, man. It's the good one. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I also want to point out that I completely called Senator Keene being a false flag operation back in episode three, back in the day. You did. He back at the funeral. So I'm a genius. And um, <laughs> I just want that noted. He's a bad man. We think of that?
1: He is. and Okay, but did you guys get the feeling that? um seventh calvary seems to be like a made-up organization now like they didn't seem very threatening at all whenever we yeah out. i'm
0: i'm starting to look at it as like we we took up the you know well the smith just joined 45 minutes into the fucking <laughs> podcast
3: <laughs> did he yes i think i did oh, my, oh god. my god
0: this is why nobody pays for our fucking podcast <laughs> Anyway, I see them using the Hello, Seventh Grissel, ca- the Seventh Cavalry, you know, symbolism and shit as a cover for other stuff that they have operating. Like the cavalry. You've heard several I mean, first of all, the senator said that both him and Nash Bridges were part of the cavalry. <laughs> and and you know, obviously uh, the tech... I don't know Nash Bridges I don't remember his name. They uh Judge, Yeah, Judd. They he was hanging out with Angela and shit like he was either really good at hiding you know his inherent racism or um he was actually like not just like the senator was saying. We don't actually buy into this like white supremacist shit. This is a means to an end, very similar to Adrian. What something Adrian Vine would say, right? About because if they, cause, you know if they would buy into uh, Rorschach's ideology, then it would be truth above all. But I don't think that that's. Uh, I don't think that that's you know the case. So I think that there's. Good point. I think that I think that they don't buy in necessarily to the wide supremacist part of it as much as they're buying into just this is something that will get us attention so we're using it to our advantage
1: they're all a bunch of nerds in lab coats wearing rorschach masks trying to figure out a, a demand extra-dimensional planar fucking opener thing they're trying to figure out how that works like i actually laughed when they're all standing there talking like scientists watching the basketball go through the uh teleporter thing i'm like these guys they're not some kind of militant terrorist group. They're a bunch of geeks. Hmm. But hey, yeah, uh, since Corey Smith did join us, and um, thanks for joining us at 40, 40 Minutes In, Corey Smith. We
3: appreciate it. Super um, cool. I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the episode. Um, I, it was my favorite episode so far. Um, I liked it. You know, we saw more of the Calvary stuff. I love glasses, backstory. <laughs> um everything about that was kind of cool cuz up until that point we kind of saw him as the like super calm and you know nothing really bothered him but clearly he has a lot more going on than he was kind of letting us see um my only issue with the episode is that it it starts, it kind of starts it's kind of starting to feel like we're want like meandering a bit um and it and it's what? a little I said it's my favorite episode so far. I'm nitpicking right now. It It's it, just because, like, at first it seems like it was Angela who was our main character. Um, and then we've kind of gone away from her where we're only kind of seeing her through other characters' eyes at this point. Um, and so it just kind of, I, I don't really know where we're going with some of this stuff. Um, I mean, it was cool to see some, like y'all were just talking about the seventh Cavalry is really probably just a front, um, for something else that they've got going on. Um, and I'd loved seeing Adrian Veidt's little message to future Robert Redford. Um, you know, I hope we get a little bit more of that, but, um, I don't know. It just, after I was watching the episode, it just kind of hit me that we are kind of just moving in and out of a bunch of different things going on, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but given Lindelof's prior history, it it maybe is a little worrying, but there's still plenty of room that maybe I'm just overreacting or whatever, but that was just sort of an impression I got afterwards.
2: I have two points about that. Um, First, I hope that we meet Robert Redford, and he's played by Warren Beatty. And um, <laughs> uh, Also, uh, about the shifting focus thing, I realized when I was watching it the last time that the reason it's... You're, 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 you're right, Corey, that it was Angela first, and then there was a whole episode about Lori Blake, and then a whole episode about Looking Glass. I realized... It, I, I think it's doing that because that's exactly what the comic did, that every other issue was a deep dive from one of the different heroes, and then there was, like, a deep dive issue and then a plot moving forward issue and then a deep dive under Rorschach and then a plot and then a deep dive into so and the yeah, plot. I think, and I think I, it's, it's the exact same thing is happening.
3: I did wonder if that was the case and I was I was actually trying to figure out where the hell I have the the book somewhere but because I did I was like is this an intentional thing or is it a Lindelof thing you know what I mean because he does have a tendency to to wander in some of his shows so. Like I said, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. Like I said, it's still my favorite episode of the series. And, uh, I mean, I I think Looking Glass is the most interesting character on the show, if you ask me. So, I mean, I enjoyed that, that, you know, the whole deep dive into his backstory and how he... I love when he saw, and I don't remember her name, but the blonde girl that baited him into going to the shopping mall. You know, when he saw it, he switched from, like... Drunk dude who thinks he's about to get laid to cop on duty and I'm about to bust the conspiracy, you know, um, like, you know, in an instant. So, like I said, it was my favorite episode. I'm still psyched for where the series is going. The stuff with Adrian Bite was pretty good, too, I thought.
2: I think it's a deliberate structural homage to Alan <laughs> <laughs> I
1: like I, I like that scene too, though Corey Smith. I like that uh, all it took was for one thing to uh, turn Wade into to a drunk guy until back into a cop. Like, but it was it was basically another
3: ploy by the. It was, but I just I mean, from from his side of it, it was cool to see because he really switched from one second to the next. You know, he's this, and then all of a sudden his personality shifts. So. And I all it took it. was a bouncing cabbage, cleverly placed at the edge of the truck. Yeah, and then. One more point about looking, looking glass. Cause I, from the last episode when Angela went down and gave him the, the pills uh, for his, I guess, ex-wife to look up. Um, yeah. I nostalgia loved, pills. Yeah. I love that whole conversation between him and Angela where he, you know, he just kind of deadpan, you know, when she says was the chief a racist and he kind of just deadpans, like he's a, he was a white man in Oklahoma. Like, You know, he and obviously he's a white man in Oklahoma as well. And so I just love the kind of the things he was leaving unsaid in that conversation. And then, you know, when he when she calls him fucking weird or whatever, and he and he has that great line about you're adequately self-aware to understand the the hypocrisy in that statement or something like that. I was like, dang, the dialogue on the show is just fantastic. So I don't know. It
1: really is. Um, oh,
3: we also found out that the, the where uh,
1: Adrian Veidt is actually located. Lindelof did an interview either yesterday or today that we wrote up, and he talks about the fact that Veidt is on Europa, a moon of Jupiter. So that's exactly where he is, in some kind of interdimensional prison on Europa, a moon of Jupiter. Um, I don't know. I, I looked it up. I actually Googled it. It's like 365 yeah. million miles away. Yeah, so, but
3: for uh, Manhattan, that's nothing. Exactly.
2: Yes, I mean the the next big question, obviously, is you know what the fuck is he doing there? <laughs> Why? But, I mean,
3: how how did he get there?
2: I'm not sure that's something we can really theorize about now, unless you guys have ideas. But I mean, I think that's something that obviously I'm wondering and I'm looking. He's definitely not riding a
3: space. Is. He's definitely not riding a space bike. Uh, no, you know, Victorian space bike back to Earth. Um, <laughs> But I mean, clearly he's there from Manhattan. I mean, Manhattan's the only one that we've seen who has the the kind of power to put him up there. I think if if anybody like on Earth had wanted to imprison him, he'd just be in a you know a regular prison somewhere. Like, um,
2: did Manhattan also create a dude named the Game Warden who's like a, a stickler for rules and wears a little right? cowboy mask? I like, figured he's getting, getting into the details, into the weeds, is Manhattan. <sighs>
3: And that that is sort of a little bit odd. I I figure the Game Warden is just a little bit more advanced version of whatever. Uh, Mister Phillips. Yeah, yeah, whatever those guys are—some sort of android or clone uh-huh. or what. I mean, but that part is odd because Manhattan never really created something like that. I mean, he did mention he wanted to create some life. That's true. Uh, of his own, so maybe that's what we're seeing. And obviously, there was that weird scene where uh, Vite went fishing for the, <laughs> the babies, the baby frog people that got turned—you know—you put into like an oven and you know an easy bake, and they turned into real people. I don't, I don't know what's going on. So maybe that's how Manhattan is creating life, or whatever he wanted a different life. Pro- I don't, I don't know. But clearly, he's got. It's strange because clearly Vite has some sort of technology from Manhattan, right?
2: Or just from himself. I mean, if he's a super duper genius, I mean, he was making bizarre tiger things in the original comic out of just splicing yep. genes together. Yeah, but they make a point
3: of. Yeah, but they kind of show how he doesn't have a lot of technology. Otherwise, I mean, he if he could do if he could he had the capability to make those clones himself you'd think he'd be sending them out into space in something other than a fishbowl.
1: Yeah, but think about this, though. He only has the materials that the Game Warden allows him to have, so he's got to work with that certain amount of materials. And um, Adrian Veidt didn't go missing in this world until like 2007, I believe. So from 84, I mean 85 to 2007, Adrian Veidt had plenty of time to, you know, power up his knowledge base on cloning, I guess. I don't know. And like, hes I don't know, uh, man. Vite Enterprises was based in uh, Vietnam. Uh, one of its big, strong bases there. For I don't know. One of his company holdings was in Vietnam. So, I don't know. Maybe he is more into the cloning that we know. Uh, maybe he's already on Earth by the time. Because uh, we know we're talking about two different timelines. Um, maybe he's already on Earth. He's made it back somehow. And we'll get caught up into the, the present. But, I mean, why else would Lady True have a likeness a bust a a, a character chair of of adrian veit in her a little solar i mean that was like accurate too from what he had just put on the episode before
3: yeah and well and she was talking about i mean there was that thing about how something landed on that property that she was you know that she bought from from the that's future. what i'm saying she has prescience. so something was something landed there and whether it was from manhattan or something from veit i i mean Clearly, she was willing to go through, you know, she's talking about building that clock just, you know, as a vanity project. But she's clearly covering something up on that site. Um, But I, I don't know. So, like I said, there's tons more questions at this point than we have any kind of answers. And even this episode felt like it gave us, you know, a couple pretty big answers. But still, there's just so much we don't really know okay so um we are
1: getting close to the end of the podcast um bone you want to check it back in before we
0: go any thoughts i like this show and it's a lot of fun and uh (laughs) you know we've had some great conversation here about because i've totally been paying attention and listening this whole time uh we've had some great conversation about this most recent episode and i know that uh on the the last one, we had had, dis, I guess, uh, disagreements about, I think, Episode 3, where I didn't like it very much, and other people really liked it, and I think that now we just had Episode 5, and all of us were like, nope, that was really great, so I think, uh, <laughs> I think the show is getting better each week, and I just, uh, I'm just really excited. Next week seems like the episode I should, I'm super excited about, and I'm, I'd almost say we need to do a podcast for next week's episode,
3: just because. Isn't that the one everybody says we have to, is yeah. supposed to be the best? Dan
0: Dan brought that up earlier that, yeah, like, yeah. going into the season, they were okay. saying, "Hey, episode six is when it gets just bananas," and I can see why because she took all those pills. She's about to get flooded with memories. This is gonna be like an entire episode of flashback shit. So I'm I'm very on board with that. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for a lot of stuff. I need to get Disney Plus. Obviously, we talked about that earlier. Seven dollars
3: or borrow it
0: or borrow it. Yeah, Yeah,
3: take take my password, man. Don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, I
3: (laughs) I'm 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 just it's it's peak
0: TV right now, which is great. Uh, You know, we should definitely appreciate the moment that we're living in because. Growing up for all of us, I know that it was like the best show on TV is like Cheers, and like right now Cheers would be whack <laughs> as fuck, and everybody'd be like, "Why is this show on TV?" <laughs> so you know, there's it's just it's we're we're in this we're like the comedies because like I'm reviewing Rick and Morty for Winter is Coming. right sure you are, and and I'm having a great time because Rick and Morty is so good. And I was just reading today where like there's this great article that was debating what's the best animated show on tv right now is it rick and morty is it Boz burgers is it uh you know bojack horseman is it i mean there's so bojack. there's so okay. much there's so much like just animated tv wise there's so much happening right now and not to mention just for comedies and then you get into these hour-long dramas that hbo has made everybody start making you know i mean it's it's wild and and i felt like this was something that we were going to talk about on the podcast for like the last five or ten minutes you guys today were helping me make a schedule to watch TV. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's ridiculous, though. It's ridiculous. Like yesterday, I legit was having some anxiety about how many episodes of shows I needed to catch up on, and it's like there is so much good TV out there that it's ri- it's ridiculous. I mean, it
2: is a little overwhelming.
3: There's great TV shows. Like I'm watching this show on FX called Mister In Between. Um, and it's about this Australian hitman who's also a dad, and it's just a dark comedy, and it's a fantastic fucking show. But it's there's just so much out there that you don't even talk about it, or like Peaky Blinders. I don't know if y'all have seen that on Netflix. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd just been to watch that while I was you know on paternity leave, and that show is amazing. I mean, it's got Tom Hardy on it. It's got uh, Cillian Murphy. It's got freaking uh, Adrian Brody. And it's like, and it, but nobody's talking about it. And it's not because it's bad. It's it's like there's so much great TV out there, and so it is kind of a little overwhelming sometimes to be like, I gotta watch this. I gotta watch this. You know, especially working for for Wick and being on the podcast. But
2: Viking spinoff. I'm probably going to find myself watching The Crown, the third season, over the next like. Two and a half weeks. I half. have
3: been
1: watching slowly. Like I'm in episode three, and it's not that bad. Um, <laughs> I, I like the I like the change up of the cast. It's really uh, it's
0: really highbrow. It's good stuff.
3: Highbrow.
0: I mean, God, What really sparked this conversation? I feel like for for me at least this week was finding out that Ashton Kutcher has a uh, he's produced a show on Crackle called Going for Going from Broke. About student loan and personal debt, and huh. it reached five million hits in four weeks on Crackle. Oh. Crackle is owned by Chicken Soup for the Soul <laughs> Entertainment and Sony, <laughs> and it hit five million views in four weeks. Are you shitting me? Like I, I just there's it's too much. I don't Crackle know Crackle had do.
1: another good show too is uh where they did the internet thing. I forget the name of it.
0: Oh yeah, it uh, sounds the the internet thing. The internet <laughs> I haven't watched it in a year man, but like they they did like 3 seasons and it was really well, they dodgy also, good. also I mean Crackle also because I went to Crackle cuz I was like the fucking little thing found out that they have a show with uh Rupert Grant. They have a yeah, show with Do, yes, it's not show. Train spotting, snatch. You got yeah. your... snatch, that's right. Wrong, <laughs> wrong. Your reverent Comedy's mixed up. My <laughs> And then, my bad. And then uh, Ron Perlman had a show on there, and uh, that the internet show, Ron Perlman was on the internet show. Where the oh, the internet show, yeah, the internet show with Ron Perlman. <laughs> that sounds like a really shitty. It was costume.
4: streaming the internet, on the internet show.
0: <laughs> I mean, uh, I just it's that's just a good example when I, when we talk about peak TV because I feel like. That phrase is getting thrown around a lot lately, and to describe like any old thing, like oh, you know, it's really tough to keep up with my NBC comedies during peak TV. Is that tough, bitch? Have you watched Crackle lately? Because apparently, <laughs> there's, there's a documentary series produced by Aston Kutcher that's lit as shit, and I have to squeeze it into my schedule. And it's like that's, that's peak TV is when you find out that, like, CISO had great comedies, and it's like, what the... It's not even around anymore! So, I, I don't... I just, It's blowing... I can't... I can't keep up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like... I, th- I think that
2: the question now is, like, can it sustain itself throughout all these different audiences? Because, I mean, like, I, I, I feel like the age of, like, people gathering around to watch one show is got to be over or very close to an end. Um, but, like is there enough of a splintered audience t- to sustain something as huge as say what Amazon's trying to do with the wheel of time and Lord of the Rings or are we, and headed dark to- tower. uh, yes. And dark tower and, uh, the witcher and like all the other just giant shows that are coming. Um, or will this burn itself out this peak era, uh, within the next 10 years?
0: I, I think it's going to lead to movies, like like intimate 90-minute movies making a return. I, I think like was,
2: that, that sounds really realistic, that movies can come back. It'll all go back around.
3: Yeah. Yeah, because nobody's going to the movies anymore. Like, well,
0: why would you? Have you heard what's on TV? I can't afford a movie ticket. I had to pay for fucking WGN's streaming service so I can watch <laughs> – so, so I can watch Lily Sobiski's new show where she oh plays God. a drug addict in Alaska. <laughs>
1: that is so true. I seriously have uh, FOMO when it comes to television, especially it's in the ridiculous.
3: fall. It's ridiculous. I'm not being I'm not joking when I was saying this. I'm on board with you, bro. I, I agree I like, with you. I, I was that like, way. Fuck. I have to catch up on Mandalorian. I need to watch The Watchmen. I'm two episodes behind the fucking Walking Dead. I hadn't watched Mr. in between. It was like, fuck, man, and then I have to sleep and take care of two, you know, little people, and it's like, what the hell are you supposed to do? There's too much, and I think that's part of the byproduct is, you know, back in the day, yes, the shows weren't as good, but there could only be, like, three of them. (laughs) There was only three networks, so, like, you know what I mean? Like, there weren't as many, and we still have those networks putting out shows. Right? So it's like, it, it gets a little ridiculous that there's just so many shows and so many different places to watch it, and it's like...
1: My DVR only records so many shows at one time, guys.
2: I mean, yeah. and can you imagine if you were, like, trying to put up TV and you were, like, into video games, too? How would you do it? You couldn't. You have to quit your job and just devote yourself to it full-time.
1: Which is why Twitch TV came into play, and people started making money on video games, and that's <laughs> a
2: horrible <laughs>
3: podcast! People are watching people play video games, for crying out loud now. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know it what takes we're a gonna long do. Time.
0: Yeah. Not just not just watching. Esports is a huge. huge industry. And it's huge. We've had I mean we've had meetings at work about because we do a lot of ad buys and it's like maybe we should start buying some stuff on uh for e News or e News yeah, eSports
2: one hundred percent had meetings that fans cited about. Like I I think <laughs> we tried to do Twitch for a while, like there was like a rotating schedule, people who were on it.
0: Yeah, uh, our legal yeah, instant but- on so well, you, can, can you imagine a winner is coming Twitch with Corey Thone like, at oh, like a Thursday night at 1 a.m.? Yeah,
2: <laughs> I can.
1: Just sitting in front of your couch sweating and biting your fingernails trying to get to the next show. Yeah, you
3: mean like, fucking vegan cheese puffs or something like that? I'm not, yeah. ve- I'm not vegan. I've been on keto for it's a year. All the fucking same to me, okay? And you look fucking
1: sexy, my friend. Thank you. All right, listen.
3: He was we talking to me, here.
1: Smith, not you. <laughs> Obviously. 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 Um, so we could talk in circles about uh, the golden age of television when it came and when it left. Or if it's still here or not, I don't care. There's a lot of shows that we have to get to. And the more we talk, the more shows I can't watch. So <laughs> I need to hang up and go watch a new show. Oh, but, did, you guys, uh, did
0: you guys see, the, did you guys see that, uh, Spy, that Speed TV Network has a streaming service? <laughs> and that they... <laughs> They they got Martin Scorsese to make a movie make a, a movie about you know the 1930s gangsters and it's gonna win like 20 Oscars. You gotta buy that subscription so you can watch the movie. Bitch. The,
1: <laughs> the day Martin Scorsese makes a movie about the terrible hero shows on in, that are out now, that's what I'll start watching Martin mm, Scorsese stuff. There we go. Anyway.
2: That's a whole topic we could have done too. Like everyone, we're still talking about that. Benedict Cumberbatch weighed in, cool. you guys. Cumberbatch. But, no, okay, we can't. We, we got we to move on. Yeah, we have to We have to call it good
1: tonight. <laughs> so, uh, Corey Smith, we're always glad that you could join us, even though Are you we... came in like, like a wrecking ball. I blame and, uh, Skype
3: this time. The baby actually cooperated and went to sleep very quickly, and then Skype would not work on any platform. So,
1: so what you're yeah. saying is you had, you had technical troubles with the it, internet.
3: It was mm. Bill Gates' problem. Mm. It was Bill Gates' fault. I'm lodging a, a kindly worded God complaint. God
0: damn it! Get Bill Gates in here! <laughs> <laughs> you said Windows 98 would be faster and more efficient. With better <laughs> access to the internet.
1: I can't do this. That just reminded me I have to go watch Silicon Valley. God damn it! <laughs> Alright. So. Oh,
2: the new comedy from uh, the Veep guy from oh, Adovinucci, Avenue 5 looks really, yeah. really yeah. good. outer space meets veep i'm all over it okay i'm done
1: that does look really good god damn it okay so listen we're gonna call it good for now we're gonna come back maybe next week to talk about the transformative episode of Watchmen that we've all been looking forward to i hope we're not let down i god i really hope we're not but uh so for myself for dan selkie for cory phone and yes i'll thank Corey smith you've been listening to take the black vila mogulis